Welcome to my podcast, Chatting Up with Dauhi. With this podcast of mine, I want to reach out to people who have made an impact and talk to them about them for a change. Not their careers or achievements, but what it is about them that makes them tick. A casual chat up about how it is like outside of the life we don't get to see. So join me on this new journey and let's have a free-spirited laugh ride together. Lately, when I'd been talking to a few of my followers, asking them what it is that they'd like to listen to or who they think I should be bringing on my podcast, I got a few replies saying that they'd like to see me speak to someone to create some awareness on mental health and wellness. As someone who's seen people or interacted with people close to having gone through this, there is a lot of stigma surrounding this concept. And if there is anything at all that I can do to bridge the gap between the people who know and who don't, then that is something that I'd like to tread on. Today on the podcast with me is Pooja Srinivasuraja. She is the founder of the Transfer Mind and the Neo Parenting Platforms, a social entrepreneur who's created these platforms out of the anxiety and the stress that she's been through in her efforts to give back to the community for people who are struggling with the same. Pooja is also uh, the director at her family business, Adyar Anandabhavan, Bhavan, a hugely successful restaurant chain in South India. This just goes to show that no matter how rosy it all may look, life and its struggles and challenges still catch up with you. Thank you so much for joining me today, Pooja. I'm so excited we're having this conversation and I hope there's a lot of information that a lot of uh, our listeners can take away from. Thank you so much, Nahida, for this opportunity because uh, when I entered in this field and when I started working on this, there weren't much people who were interested to have conversations about mental health. There was still a huge stigma. So I'm really glad you're able to like, you know, uh, take this as a topic and um, help uh, all your like you know listeners at some way or others so I'm happy to be a part of this. Pooja you have these two platforms uh, Transfer Mind and Neo Parenting. From what I understand they both cater to like you know to be able to deal with mental stress. So what is the difference between those two platforms and you know what, what do these platforms offer? So Transfer Mind is completely uh, for mental health and it's not just any gender specific or age specific. <laughs> Because I strongly believe mental health is for all. And I think it's like extremely important that people start understanding that. Because um, when I started this journey, even before I understood what mental health was, I myself had a lot of apprehensions towards mental health. I really thought that therapies or mental health is for people with extreme mental troubles. Um, yeah. You know, and I myself, like, you know, claim people lunatics for them to go and mm-hmm. sort of support and all of that. So... Mm-hmm. So Transman is a platform that I started to speak about mental health and to bridge the gap between a commoner um, and uh, the professional. Because I understood with my experience that there's a lot of misunderstanding or lack of information that was necessary for a person to understand what mental health was for the uh, first step. And then to understand if they are going through something or if they need help or how they can support themselves, whether or not they have depression or anxiety or any form of mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. So, um, and for people to reach out to a profession right in India, it wasn't, uh, they weren't okay to reach out to a professional through Fracto or any other platform to just randomly browse for a psychologist and go there because this is something more personal, right? Mm-hmm. So they wanted, um, so there was always an apprehension towards reaching out for help because they yeah. always thought, when you go speak to a profession uh, person or if you're going to speak to a therapist, there's chances all these secrets to be let out and the world might know it or yes. for them to itself oh God, to another so person, true. right? Yeah. So there were a lot of things that I felt from my circle and my experience because when the moment I started opening about my 
uh, experiences with whatever I went through. I understood these were the troubles that people are facing. So I wanted to basically build a platform to bridge these gaps mm -hmm. using my own personal stories. Because mm -hmm. since I'm coming from this family background, like you, like you started, people always assume that life is like, you know, perfect. Yeah. When you have money, could you go have name, everything is sorry. Yeah. But that's not how it works, right? So the more and more I started opening up, people were able to resonate with me more. And they were, um, you know, um, more open to receiving help. So then they, uh, uh, they wanted to, I mean, then I felt they had needed a space to reach out for help. Mm -hmm. So I personally, like, you know, started working with a lot of mental health professionals, short, shortlisted, like around two, three professionals all over India. Mm -hmm. uh, like okay. we, I started had, like, out with just calls. a couple of them. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was like a, every single day, we just kept adding people. Mm -hmm. Initially, it was just through known contact, like, you know, whoever were a psychologist or counsel in the known circle, I was talking to them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I did like personal verification of everyone's certification, the experience mm -hmm. and all of that. And that's how then the team grew initially. It was just me. Then I had a couple of people working for me. So mm -hmm. we had a criteria of like, you know, checking what kind of basic necessities were there mm -hmm. for us to like um, make the audience feel trusted, like, you know, that this is the right professional. You can always reach out to them. Mm -hmm. And they don't even have to let us know that they're, they're reaching out to this person because we just yeah. need all the information that's necessary. If, so for, for example, if I want to like, you know, today I decide that I need to do something about, you know, whatever I'm going through. Yeah. I can just go to my website and there are n number of contacts that are listed and yeah. I can just pick and choose and I can just call them directly. So mm -hmm. me being the center platform, I don't even have to know that someone's like, you know, doing, having a process towards um, yeah. reaching out for help. And apart from that, we run support group. So how about new parenting? So new parenting is a platform for the parents because again, me being a mother of three-year-old, uh, when I was learning a lot about this, figuring out this whole parenting thing, I kind of felt there was a lot of uh, platforms that were available for uh, the parents to train the kids or to teach the kids what needs to be done and yeah. how to bring up the child and all of that. But I kind of felt our generation is trying to be the cycle breakers of so many things, right? With experience and exposures that we have, irrespective of age. Mm -hmm. Being a parent from this Indian society, there are a lot of um unnoticed patriarchy stuff that is still going on uh -huh. so it 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 like it begins at home right for a child to grow the respect of whatever uh, fancy school you put your child in and whatever crazy things you teach the child mm -hmm. every basic thing begins at home and yeah. that's the adult they're going to grow up to be so for mm -hmm. that me as a parent i need to like unbreak and unlearn a lot of things that mm -hmm. i have been learning or observing from my own surroundings knowingly yeah. or unknowingly yeah. So again, neoparenting is a platform bringing in professionals from different parts of the country who are actually doing similar work okay. on different different fields of parenting. Okay. So that is for example, sex for parenting, but health. not necessarily parents who are going through any sort of stress. No, it, it okay. includes mental health as well. It also includes okay. sex education. Uh, okay. We're trying to normalize LGBTQ, like, you know, how parents can educate themselves about it and a lot of different topics for the parent exclusivity. So okay. there will not be any sessions of anyone telling how to do this for your child, but okay. as parents, what are the things you need to educate yourself with? Okay. So that's about neoparenting. So, so you were saying that when you, uh, you had been through a lot so that you were able to resonate with the kind of people that were coming for seeking help on your TransferMind platform. So could you briefly take us through your journey, like, you know, what you've been through and how it has culminated to you know, these platforms today? 
So for me, it all started with uh, my experiences from my team, right? So mm -hmm. I've been through a lot of body shaming. Mm -hmm. um, I'm already like six foot tall. So being a girl, uh, when you're so tall, it's like a huge deal, right? So anywhere I go, the yeah. first question anyone says is like, are you sure you want to find a groom? And, um, and how's it going to look uh, when you date or like, you know, in a relationship with someone who's shorter? So even before I had any like, you know, emotions of dating a person or something like that, it was so strongly registered in the mind that height really matters. And for me, I have to end up with a guy who's tall and it's impossible. So that was always the, uh, like in a huge point in my life. And second was after I hit my puberty, you know, I had a lot of physical changes and I put a lot of weight okay. uh, during my teens. So again, you know, like being a woman, being a girl, when you're in teens, you need to like sort of look in a certain way. Yeah. And again, you're already so tall. And if you're going to be so fat, then no one's going to like you. So oh, I, know, uh, to, I was going to say to, I like, you know, I don't know if it's my space to button, but you know, I, I was almost going through the same thing. Like I'm not six foot tall, but then I was always the bigger person in a group, like, you know, amongst my peers, amongst my uh, cousins. And, you know, I always stood out like a sore thumb. And I was also always, you know, been called these names, all these different, uh, you know, names that they like put you on these negative comments. It actually puts you down so much. You self-doubt. You do a lot Absolutely. of self-doubt. Absolutely. So there was a point where like, you know, even before someone would mock at me, I made sure that I mock at myself so that like, you know, I can just um, not get hurt beyond a point. So I, so people normally call me lighthouse and say a few, like call me with a few terms. So even before, like, uh, if someone's, like, even if someone's complimenting my height, like, yeah, I know I look like I'm, like, you know, lighthouse. Oh, fine that is cool a defensive that. way of uh, tackling. Yeah. Yeah. But there hasn't been a day that I've gone back home and cried. Like, there have been days where I feel like, why was I born? Like, why was I born to a family like this? Because my mom was short when my dad was tall. Okay. But I think after my college, or I think after my school, I started outdrawing my father. So that was even <laughs> worse, right? <laughs> So, because before that, I keep telling people, okay, my father's tall, so I'm tall, but now I can't say that anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was like super, um, how do I put it? It was, it was so stressful for me. Beyond a point, I just stopped looking at myself in the mirror. And it it's, it's nothing so that you can do me. as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And even for my weight, I started having these eating disorders. I went through bulimia when I was in college. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't know what bulimia was back then. Yeah, obviously. So I, mean, I tend like, to like... I think, you know, I, I think I myself have come to, you know, read and understand these terms, what, like five to eight years ago. So when I was also in college, when, you know, when I was going through all these ridicule at home, I used to have like, you know, in a very tacky, I don't know even if it is appropriate to say here, but in a very tacky way, when, you know, when our college, may, like college friends, when the boys would hit on me, I used to find a bizarre sense of being validated. Okay, maybe it is not as yeah. bad as my family says it is. Okay, there has to be something, you know, right, that's going on. So it's, you know, it, you, you find these weird balances in life and, you know, you blur the lines of what's wrong and what's right. Absolutely, because uh, because of all these self doubt that people have put on yeah. us, right? So I remember my very first relationship in my life was extremely toxic because right at the point where you said so the person liking me, yeah, yeah the person, oh, another person liking me was more than enough for me than the way you know he yeah. treated me. So yeah. that was extremely toxic, and I had to. You were ready to take on anything. Yeah. yeah, I was doing like crazy shit. Like today, when I think about it, I feel so sorry for putting myself through all that nonsense just for the sake of getting invalidation in another person. Exactly. You know, yeah, just to feel loved, yeah. just to feel accepted. But end of the day, I wasn't even 
accepted or loved like i was just being used and it took yes. a long time for me to understand and then it took even more longer time for me to heal from that so it was just like a crazy journey end of the day i feel like i've been doing a lot of things for others like compromising on your to understand me yeah sake of others to understand me sake of others to accept me but i think this whole journey has like you know on very weird ways brought me down to therapy where because at some point of time i did feel helpless and i wanted i didn't want to feel that way mm-hmm. like you know so after especially after i had my child mm-hmm. uh, 3 years back that's when that was actually the turning point for me because i felt i need to be myself i need to have myself under my control mm-hmm. for me to be there for my daughter and that's extremely yeah. important because mm-hmm. it's not fair for me to as a mother to do that to another child right like yeah. it's not fair so that's that's how this whole therapy journey started for me and even when i started like you know so all throughout taking, like you know it's what till you had your daughter you were going through this like from your teens right from your teens you had started at yes so you won't believe you, i did so i didn't know i was going through bulimia until i saw the series called the story of diana netflix about uh, you know princess diana where she went through bulimia Oh. So there was an episode where they showed how she went through like what were the symptoms and how she felt and all which was exactly what i went through and that's when i had a conversation to my therapist saying that actually triggered me a lot and mm-hmm. I, i had to take a session after two days of seeing this episode because she was my therapist was not available and those two days was horrible for me i kind of felt i was reliving those moments in my you know body was different my mind was different i was completely off i couldn't speak about this to anyone i didn't know I was scared what if I went through bulimia like so but and I didn't know why you were going through it No that was before okay So I still have no idea how I got out of it you know so um so that's when I spoke to my therapist and then when we were slowly talking about the symptoms they had and then what were the things I kept doing my sleep cycle and all of that that's when she said it looks like you've also gone through the phase but it's it's not there anymore so just feel safe in the space where you are right now so how did you and really end up under- with a therapist so with my therapist it's um so i was just speaking to my mom one day saying that i'm just having all these thoughts okay and i don't know what to do about it and that, she was the first person to tell me like why don't you try therapy and i was extremely angry about it i you was were like angry. are you calling me yes i was angry because that's exactly the point right like we have like so much exposure so much education yeah. and all of that but we are not equipped to live a basic like we are not equipped about a basic necessity of life because yeah. mental health is always like brushed under the rug people don't speak about it mm-hmm. like i said i haven't even heard the term mental health until i started with therapy i don't know what or therapist would do i don't know what would happen when i go meet a therapist mm-hmm. and i also felt it's very logic was very stupid for me like just going and talking to a person about what you're going through how mm-hmm. is it going to help was my question i was trying to be too logical about it and mm-hmm. my mom also didn't have too much awareness about it but she just knew that it's it's okay to like go speak to someone wow. so that you'll feel I mean, comfortable and that is something just like you know for yeah. ideally you would expect people in the senior like you know a generation above us not to understand this and for her to actually yeah. advise you to go and seek help is i think that itself is you know shows how progressive she is and her thoughts her thoughts are absolutely so um that's like very true so i always owe it to her for whatever i've been doing every single day and like when i asked her like how do you know about so many things like like how did you know yeah. that it's okay to go to a therapist so how did you have that mindset that it's bad to go speak to someone yeah. or like you know your family values are gone or like people would judge you and stuff like that yeah. so she herself didn't have it all down to that always right like people would judge us yeah 
Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that is one I'm of the biggest stigmas we have in me. accepting this. Even I had that about me. I was like coming from a family background, like where people know the brand. Yeah. What if the therapist goes out tomorrow and say that, oh, this brand's daughter is my client? Like it's a yeah. huge deal. That would be leverage for her. That's how you would think it, right? She would leverage. Yeah, that's it what her. I thought. Yeah. Oh, Gregory. So then I got to understand for the practice for the uh, ethical reasons they're not supposed to disclose all these information. And yeah, for okay. me today, even if she does, it doesn't affect me because. Yeah. I want to be authentic to myself. I want to be raw and relatable to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, the more and more I share my stories, I understood that people needed a voice mm-hmm. for them to like, you know, feel validated. Yeah. And to understand that it's mm-hmm. not something that they they are alone going through. Because since we don't talk about this to anyone, people have the feeling that it's just for them. Like only yeah. I'm going through exactly. this. Everyone around the world is happy. Yeah. And this social media is just adding too much fuel to the fire mm. saying that everything in the world is perfect right yeah so the more and more I started being authentic I've made sure that I have like I kind of felt took up this responsibility for my, myself and made sure that every single content so I don't plan my contents also for social media I just put whatever I feel like mm-hmm. whenever I feel like I don't practice specific timings I don't um looks for like I don't look for shares or reposts or stuff like that I just put yeah. whatever I feel like putting and I also want that space with people to always like you know they can like text or talk to me about anything mm-hmm. so I was able to evolve as a person through this journey so more than this platform healing anyone I would say this has healed me a lot it, it mm. still is with whatever I've been yeah. dealing with right yeah. so that's so, how as um, growing up you were not able to identify okay that these were the issues that I'm going through these were the probably the anxiety or the panic attacks that I was going through no not at all that was the most hardest part and that was i think that so accepted at this right yeah at this stage accept that how yeah. was i so naive and no, i feel so bad i mean i feel so sorry for my younger self and i think for it because i can still feel the suffering like i, I can still understand what i went through back then and mm-hmm. it would have just taken one step to just speak to someone else i didn't even speak to my parents about it to have because had a whole different ended. life a childhood probably but I'm also thankful for this experience in a way because okay. I don't think I would have gotten here without any of those Experience. Um, past experiences mm-hmm. because somewhere I was I was always been able to fight and get back mm-hmm. though that phase was really hard mm-hmm. I was somehow able to come out I didn't have like an action plan of like okay I'm going through this let me do this and come out of this but somehow I figured out ways to pull myself together and then you know work back. so even today when I'm going through something or when I feel that I'm low I always have the hope that this is just a face and I know I'll get through this. I think I'm here today because of all those experiences. I know that I've done this for myself and I will mm-hmm. continue doing that for me. So when you thought yeah. that, you know, you had uh, like you had come out of this, you you got married and then you were in, you must have thought that you were in a better space. And then suddenly when you had your child, you when you had your daughter, you went back into the dark phase again. But you also said that, you know, you wouldn't identify it as uh, postpartum depression. Then w- what else could that be then? So I got married at a very early age, right? Mm-hmm. After my undergrad, I got married. Again, for the very same reason that uh, the groom was like, you know, uh, taller than me. And um, <laughs> So that was so, probably the biggest criterion. That was the only criteria we all had. And I also felt validated that finally, okay, this is happening. And oh. it was like a dilemma in my head always because I wanted to pursue my education and I wanted to be financially independent and then think about marriage and stuff like that. But it just hot happened the other way around you found and it all right now young. everything you know and everything is put to the side 
yeah and i mean i did feel that it was okay but i felt like okay at least finally i found someone who's as tall as me that was like the, my purpose of my entire life right to find someone who's like the purpose that you know the society has imprinted on you <laughs> yeah so i felt like okay it's okay to like make these compromises for this mm. so um but after that i kind of felt it was a huge responsibility for my age and i was not prepared for all of that okay and i had my own battles within to understand what was going around me what is expected out of me um is it right is it not right am i doing things too much or are the expectations too much on me and am i mm-hmm. am i pushing myself for like nothing or something that doesn't make sense so there were a lot of confusion and, and again these weren't something that i could have conversation with anyone right because immediately they'll be like oh something's wrong with you or something's happening to you you're not grateful and blah 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 yeah so um to divert myself i did start my uh, masters after i got married after the year of my marriage uh but i also got pregnant uh 4 months after i started my masters mm-hmm. so i had to take a break come back to chennai and then i had my child and after that i um so my this uh, the the depression i went through was not postpartum but for the fact that i was too young and people around me were like setting their careers up or pursuing higher education okay. was the stuff that was troubling me again watching things in social media You See, know? this is how you compare your life. You find your happiness. You find your sorrows rather in what others are doing. I, this is such Absolutely. a complex space to be. There have been like nights where I just scroll through my friends' profile and I'll just like sit and cry. Like my daughter was absolutely fine. My pregnancy was super smooth. My entire labor was only for four hours. No complaints. No regrets. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Nothing was planned. God's grace. Everything went extremely well. and feeding and everything was absolutely fine for me so there wasn't like any traumatic experience or anything hard physically or mentally for me but this just this thought after my delivery so every single night when i had to stay up to feed the child obviously mm-hmm. i tend to watch videos something on social media right that's when the re- i kind of felt the reality was hitting me that yeah that you were just everyone had moved on with their life and you were just stuck in the night i mean yeah. like the all the dark thoughts when they emerge extremely it was super super hard for me like i haven't i i couldn't think of a day that i didn't cry to sleep uh you know in in those particular few months and that's when the journey of uh, therapy started like because of all these emotions there was a phase where i started feeling suicidal um you know i had extreme anxieties and i can't express it outside because when people come and visit me they're like you have a child you're so blessed you're so young and you you got everything done at a very young age so you'll have a peaceful like you know when you grow old you'll be very peaceful your daughter will be settled so you can't really go tell anyone like i understand this but i'm also feeling this way right it's yeah. it's like you yourself are like putting yourself in a guilt feeling that what if people judge that i'm not grateful for this child yeah. which wasn't the case i didn't have postpartum blues mm-hmm. i was absolutely fine with having a child i was super grateful i am till date but that particular phase where i was my mind was tricking me into thoughts like this and i wasn't able to figure things out right mm-hmm. so then i was like why did i do this so who did i do this and is it really worth will i be able to because uh, i didn't continue, finish my masters as well nine 10 months didn't hit me so hard that i didn't like you know i had to break my masters and have a child but when all these thoughts were coming back to back it was a huge deal for me yeah so that's when i remember i think there was a day when i told mom uh, about all these i was just crying to her and that's when she said I always understood that we were going through something but I didn't want to ask you and then make you feel bad. Yeah. You didn't look fine. So I'm glad you're having this conversation with me and that's when she said why don't you like speak to a therapist and all of that. So it actually took an entire week for me to process this and because 
the thoughts were so hard that it ended up being suicidal thoughts that's when i thought okay it's not safe for me it's not safe for the child mm-hmm. it's like you know it's it's okay to just get help and it's fine if people are going to say things about me let me just try this out if it's working yeah. it's working if not yeah. then i'll have to just deal with it i'd right? like to take that point where you said you know you took a week to understand you know to accept that you know you needed help and you know yeah. I, and i think that is a point that we can build on no matter how educated or how uh you know how progressive we think we are you know there are certain things that we can always seek help for right we should be able to communicate i think that is one of the biggest things a biggest hurdles a lot of us uh, a lot of people face that they're not able to address their issues but i feel it's that's how we have been brought up in a society as well like you know it's it's always um you know expected out of us to feel fine or pick ourselves up and not be vulnerable right vulnerability was always looked up as a sin or a crime you always have to like deal with your shit but when you're coming out of the door you need to look fine you need to do things it's yeah, that, you need to have that job otherwise yeah otherwise especially i think in your case that. coming from your family background you know the pressure on that would have been would have been even more yeah because uh, like i said so even after i spoke to people that i went through this and therapy helped me there are people who till date say that you're not grateful for what you have they're just finding reasons to be yeah. sad you and cannot you like know this. really yeah. so you cannot have, have everyone understand what you're going through if like you know i think pri- you have to set up priorities to help yourself mm. so see, what one part of what they say is very true like i am way blessed than major most of the people right like mm-hmm. if you have to yeah, look yeah. as a society as a whole mm-hmm. that's still there but that's not how my mind works and and that's something not in my control right mm-hmm. so these are like triggers that i kept picking up and the uh, the interesting part of the therapy was i was able to understand a lot of my feelings you know when i was an adult willing to how i felt when i was a child i started doing a lot of inner child healing work which was super exhausting by itself mm-hmm. but tremendous healing work it is mm-hmm. and every single adult right even today you and me whatever we feel like whatever we believe in are things that have had a huge impact on what we have experienced in our childhood so these are concepts that not everyone knows at all right mm-hmm. i didn't know until i started therapy and i didn't know um, small small things in childhood had a huge impact of how we react to these basic i've had sense of abandonment i've had like so many uh, issues that i didn't know i felt when i was a child mm-hmm. but now it, it it made a lot of sense for the way i started reacting to things mm-hmm. and today i just don't care like i don't give a damn to anyone saying anything about me i'm just completely opposite of how i was um, three three and a half years back there are people who still judge me in front of my face or behind my back for the work i do there are people who still say that i'm doing this for um, just so fame and this like because mental health is a trend i'm just speaking about it and stuff like that I'm like okay be that that's what you feel i don't mind but if any like you know if at least one person is benefiting out of the work that i do mm. for the years to coming together i think that's more happy and beyond all of that this healing me so yeah. i'm more than happy to do this right mm-hmm. so now i'm more comfortable with my skin i'm more comfortable about my thoughts and uh, my belief and all of that and i think therapy plays a huge role for that and you are also more comfortable seeking help and you know advising help to people absolutely yeah so uh like you know uh, because uh part of my ignorance when i ask you w- when do you know who do you, like who you should see like a psychiatrist a counselor or a psychologist you're talking about a therapist which i believe is a counselor yeah so uh see 
to be very honest i feel every single one of us should like you know have a therapist or a counselor to support us mm-hmm. so but when do you know age, which case goes to a psychologist or which case goes to a psychiatrist or a counselor for that matter so, so psychiatrists are doctors who prescribe medicines for your mental illnesses Mm-hmm. and uh, not, not about not for your mental health and like you know all the others like you no know, for someone like so you. counselors or therapists are people who normally the people that I've been speaking about right who you can just go speak to them about your issues and they will support you through the journey it's not someone who will give you solutions for your problems or medi- someone who will be able to mix yeah they can't give you medications as well uh, okay so uh, when you go to a counselor if they know that you're going through something for example insomnia which is very common these days mm. they can't yes. prescribe an antidepressant okay. they can't give you medicines for anxiety they can give you breath works if you have a mild anxiety to like mm. you know heal yourself but it's something extreme where you definitely need a medical intervention only a psychiatrist can do that for you mm-hmm. uh, a psychologist cannot uh, you know help you on that Mm-hmm. so like when you uh, had these issues all throughout your life and you were seeking help who do you like you know and now you have this platform what, what do you think is the most common issues like that you would have faced on this platform that have been reaching out to you for help so the last one and a half years during the covid uh, like you know period right it's it's hugely been anxiety and grief counseling that we've been experiencing especially the second wave in india was very horrible to okay. people uh, we lost lives here right so there was mm-hmm. a lot of grief counseling and the first wave as well first wave we didn't know what the virus was we didn't know what is going to happen we didn't know when this is going to end every single day the news kept changing like one day they said yeah. that it was going to you know be like this and next day it's just a completely contrast news and we were all shut in the house for the first time uh, businesses were hit families like all the families put together in a house with a huge team to deal with yeah and yeah. when the kid with the kids you know a lot of people had newborn kids or younger children to deal with no helpers at home like we all had to like send them out so it was yeah. extremely um anxious and stressful for all of us and most of most of them didn't understand why they were feeling that way most of them didn't understand that it was anxiety for them yeah mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who had because the sleep routine the entire lifestyle changed for all of us right yeah we just slept at random hours we ate at random hours yeah. there were a lot of people just confined to the four walls between yeah a lot of people had body uh, you know image issues as well because they gained weight during mm-hmm. the lockdown that was massive after we uh, after the lockdowns were lifted here after 8 months oh, when people God. started going to work when they weren't able to fit in the uniforms when they weren't able to fit in the office clothes mm-hmm. so when we started this therapy platform right these were the kind of cases like we could see the range of cases varying as a bunch like you know people were falling under different categories oh okay and it was um but the second day we felt very helpless you know we had a group of people where we provided uh, free counseling for them we collaborated with a college called monsip college in bangalore which is one of the best um, in terms of mental education mm-hmm. so we used a professional support and all of that and we provided free counseling during the second wave mm-hmm. uh, as a bit of contributing to the society during a hard time and the amount of grief like you know there were families where like two three people were passing away in the family when one yeah. or two were left it was horrible like we, therapists themselves were stumbling at one point of time they themselves lost like family members who were yeah. close to them so it was just horrible and beyond a point we were just so like you know we just had to give everything to the god and just mm-hmm. pray that was just the maximum we could apart from all these medical uh, stuff that we were talking about counseling or therapy uh, i think it was uh, it was a different level of experience that we had during those periods 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, just to go back a little bit. So when you started your therapy, how was it after like, you know, how, how long did it take for you to come out of it and then get back into your normal life? So for me, I was still doing whatever I was doing on the routine. But for me to actually be there when I was meeting my therapist, when I was speaking stuff, it took a first couple of sessions for me to believe that this is going to work, for me to believe that this is the help that I'm looking for. And maybe because you were also holding back inside because you weren't very excited about this idea about going and seeking help, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, I knew I needed help, but I didn't know if this was the right help that would support me. But I just want to give it a try because I didn't have any other options. So I was just yeah. sitting there. She was asking me all these questions. And I was still sharing experience. But I was just like not present. Yeah. Was always like, and you were holding really back. You, you didn't want to you know, sh- share the yeah. intricate details of uh, all that you were so I sh- shared all the details. I did tell her what and all I was going through. So I didn't have any hesitation there. But okay, I didn't, didn't believe that that was going to help me. I didn't believe like, you know, just telling her that I'm not able to sleep or just telling her that I'm feeling things there. How, how can she help me? She can just be like, it's okay. My life is like this. And you can just, uh, you just have to move forward. I just thought it's, it'll be more of advice or lecture or motivation speech than like, you know, yeah. uh, the practice. that was my assumption. Mm-hmm. The first few sessions, she gave me like a lot of um, homeworks to do. Okay. Uh, because I think she was able to figure out that I wasn't taking this seriously. Okay. Uh, and of course, so of course I didn't like the first few sessions. I always like giving her reasons that no, I was feeding my daughter and I was like uh, busy with this or that. And I was obviously lying, but then she figured out and then she said, see, if you really want to do this for yourself, you really have to be present. And it's a choice that you have to take mm-hmm. because it's not just for money and time. It's, it's you're just putting yourself down. And that really like hit me hard. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I told her that I don't believe that this is going to work for me because I don't know how this works. Yeah. And that's when she said, you just, trust in the process mm-hmm. just go ahead with this for like a couple of sessions and if it doesn't work you please feel free to stop the session if it works it works okay and that's when I was like okay fine I'll just give this a shot and there were like very basic stuff that I had to like it was more of an introspective journey for me to take deep into myself because that's the most scariest part for any of us to just actually feel what you're feeling and actually acknowledge what you're feeling and put it towards the scariest thing that you can ever do mm-hmm. so no matter what we speak to have to sit and think about what I'm feeling right now and why am I feeling right now and then how does that make me feel? It's super scary. There and are there are good think, days. There are extremely. Also, bad you days. would think, you know, how does saying this saying this out loud make me seem? Initially, I was very so after these practices, right? It was very hard for me to vocally tell her things. So she made me write all those things, you oh. know, so that she I don't have to like tell her. So she made me write. So she gave me like pointers to think and sit and write about. So that's when I started the practice of journaling a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was like, initially it was like this hand-holding session, like, you know, constantly telling me, do this, do that. But beyond a point, I was able to understand what was comfortable for me, what was not comfortable for me, to extent to which I can push. And days where I have to just uh, be like, you know, uh, but I have to comfort myself and take it easy. There are a few days like that. So like I said, I was able to understand myself more. I was able to like, you know, um, like support I was looking for outside was something I needed like I was always there for me I just need to understand that mm-hmm. and the more and more I, I kind of felt the more and more I started doing this for myself I was able to attract uh, more good energies towards me mm-hmm. like things that I was actually longing for came to me beyond what I wanted mm-hmm. at the moment when I didn't I was actually when I stopped looking for it I started getting it more yeah. so the journey was so magical yeah. for me so, and then how long did and it I still take do you to get back on track? 
Oh, so you're still doing therapy? Yeah, yeah, I still do therapy. Like I said, I strongly now believe that, you know, everyone needs therapy because whether you're going, so until you wait for something to happen to you and then um, going to a therapist speaking about depression and anxiety, it's always better you keep your mental health on check, right? Just mm-hmm. like you go to a men- uh, general practitioner six months, once, once a year to just get your health checkup done. So you can always have a call with them or like, I mean, online yeah. consultation with them or like a face-to-face session once in a week or twice in a week. It's obviously only going to help you. It's never going, there's never going to be a da- downfall in any ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now I keep telling people who I meet that my daughter is like three and a half years old now. So when she's going How to turn so you started eight, this soon after your delivery? I think six months after I had my child, five, five or six months. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, come I mean, on and your off. masters as well. So slowly you are getting back on track, doing yes. the things that you wanted to do, you know? Yes. Yeah. So therapy gave me a huge uh, confidence that I can, like, it will be hard, but I can do this for myself. And it's important for me to do this for myself because it mattered a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Like to yeah. getting a master's for myself was a huge deal for me. So therapy really helped me to understand that. And uh, luckily I had a lot of support you know I'm so grateful that my daughter was so, super young she was seven or eight months when I left her. I had to do my master's in Singapore while I was in I was okay. living in Chennai so I had to leave her here I used to travel back and forth to finish my master's and then um, right I think right after the lockdown started we had a couple of online classes and I had to do the entire thesis when the lockdown was happening but I had like no support to like just the family not like free mm-hmm. the support they had so it was very challenging, it was super stressful, but I'm very glad that I was able to do that for myself because mm-hmm. that was like a huge, huge deal for me, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. uh, to understand that that was a huge deal for me, therapy has helped me to do that. Yeah, and therapy also also helped you see through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, once you started these, this platform and you said you had only a couple of other people who were supporting you, a couple of other psychologists who were on this platform with you. So were you also taking these cases? Were you able to help the people reaching out for help? No, so I'm not a professional to counsel or anything. So I was yeah. very strong in setting boundaries there because there were few people who wanted me to do that, looking at the way that I speak about mental health, but that doesn't, like, it's not fair for me to do that for the client of, you know, knowing how the field works mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i am going uh, like doing a couple of courses because obviously uh, not a lot just of people on... you know that this is one of the reasons i was thinking maybe i should before getting a professional to come and speak or speak with us on the podcast i wanted to speak to someone who's actually gone through it who's actually experienced it and in, in a beautiful way you've challenged all your stress and all it uh, all your uh, all your depression all your anxiety into these platforms so it's easy for people to connect and un- connect with you rather than you know when, when yeah. you first tell them to straight away like you said when you were first told to go to a therapist and it, it kind of takes you back okay i'm not that bad okay maybe this is something I can manage on my own but for someone like you to have this platform where you are saying okay uh, knowing all this like you know being so exposed being so educated having you know all this worldly knowledge you were not able to you know pinpoint on your own problems you know it it, I think a lot of people can connect with that that is one of the reasons you know for people to identify what they're going through the experiences you know when they listen to you speak absolutely yeah so and uh, so then what did you do like what do you do on your platform when people reach out to you say that okay i'm not the right person maybe and you direct them to your 
Yeah, so I always tell them that, you know, I will connect you with therapists who are in-house team, who I know them personally. I know the kind of work they do. So I give them that assurance. It's like a personal reference that I make. Mm-hmm. And that way they feel comfortable. There are people like initially who always be like, no, I I, I feel more comfortable speaking to you. Yeah. I said, it's, it's I, like, you I, know, I, I really can't help you. Yeah. I really can't help you with I that. I could and, listen and, to you, but can't um, help you. Yeah, I said, if you just want the person to listen to whatever you're saying, I'm always there. But if you really want me to support you in any way, the best I can do is to refer you to someone. And there mm-hmm. are options where you can do free therapy. There are options where you can like, you know, pay at a very normal cost to do a therapy session for you. There are support groups that we are hosting. So we've given like multiple options. So I think it's best for you to figure a way to actually feel supported. But few people say that they also feel better when they just heard. Mm-hmm. So I think it takes some time for them to like, you know, un- understand and uh, so it's not easy. Be, you know, like if you see someone at this point, would you be able to understand that they're going through something that, you know, they, they have these issues? What would your advice be uh, to I'm someone? Sure. Uh, what would your advice be to someone who you th- like, who's going through this, but is afraid to seek help? Like you had afraid you know, to seek help. Is it? Yeah. So that's the reason I say that therapy is something that everyone should do. Like that you okay, have yeah. not only when you have an issue. And there's yeah, and like what's that to be afraid? Like I said, it's for ethical reasons. No one's supposed to disclose whatever you're discussing in in the room with the therapist until unless it's harming for the person where they need some medical help or things like mm-hmm. that. And again, only with concern, you know. So, and if therapy and Again, when you speak about this, right, not all therapists will be suitable for you. There will be places where therapist ideologies don't match with you or you don't feel convinced with the person. So I feel like you need to find your soul therapist mm-hmm. to like actually continue the work that you want to do for yourself. And this doesn't end in just like, you know, one month or two months. It doesn't have a time frame because you never know what happens then and you never know what your triggers are. Mm-hmm. And I feel even when you don't feel like you have a problem, it's always better to go and talk about your good emotions as well mm-hmm. on how to deal with the good emotions and how to like, you know, uh, not get, not, not just carried away, but just to find the balance about handling things for yourself. Like mm-hmm. how you speak about being extremely angry when you have anger issues, you should go for the anger management sessions, right? Mm-hmm. Similarly, when you're going through something good, you just need to know how you're going to balance it for yourself. What do you feel at that particular moment? What are the things that um, you feel grateful for? Like basic gratitude exercises, yeah. these were things. So that, these are things I do even now, like, you know, three years down the line. Okay. It's not that I meet her every single week, but I'm always like, you know, whenever I feel like I need something, I make sure I don't wait for something extreme to happen for me to say that I am going through depression or I feel I'm having anxiety. I also had anxieties during the second wave Mm -hmm. because no matter how much I avoided listening to news, I I had losses within the close family, friends, all of that. It did take a huge toll. There have been days where I couldn't sleep. I used to have extreme nightmares. So Mm -hmm. the problem, we never know what happens when, right? So it's always like an up and down journey that keeps happening. And it's it's always better that you have an angel to support you yeah. through the journey. You know that she or he is always there for you. Yeah. So, you know, when yeah. you talk about the second wave, I know like, you know, there are a lot of people I know who were struggling with this. And from where I am, from, you know, we don't have this therapist or these counselors. So anything like to do, so or someone very closely that I know, when she, she got hit with COVID and she was very asymptomatic, mm-hmm. but then she struggled with this severe, severe mental trauma. And because, you know, we don't have this, uh, this, probably the luxury of having a counselor or a therapist from where I am, she was, you know, straight away taken to a psychiatrist. 
and and you know that mm-hmm. is why i was asking you what is like you know when do you know who to consult because the moment you see a psychiatrist you know okay if you if you're not getting sleep okay here are some sleep medications if you're not like and if it's something with the appetite here are some appetite medicines so you know the difference between having a counselor or therapist someone you can speak to someone who can understand what you're going through that is i think a luxury that your platform is uh, giving out today yeah because um because the moment you see a psychiatrist gonna... and you're taking all these medicines you think you know there is something wrong with you and you know like you were saying it's 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 for lunatics yeah. so it's for this like men, yeah. to be in a mental hospital it's 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 there's obviously a lot of stigma around it anyway and to make it worse is when you see a psychiatrist and you prescribe these medicines yeah okay i didn't know that you guys didn't have like a counselor or therapist yeah for like, that matter it's very difficult okay. to find one from where we are mm-hmm. okay because um See all these medications um, that you take, right? Mm-hmm. Are something that can help you momentarily. Again, like depending on the case, depending on the illness. Mm-hmm. But uh, for generally, like you know, when you have a lack of sleep because of your uh, routine change or something like, like just to fix it for the momentarily, I think it's not healthy as well. Yeah. Because uh, mental health itself, not just mental health, your health as a whole, which includes your physical and your mental health, I think it has a lot to do with your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. that's something extremely important that you know unfortunately with all the routine work that all of us have mm-hmm. we don't prioritize more of that mm-hmm. sleep is extremely important you know having the seven or eight yeah. of, uh, hours of sleep is extremely important and for someone who's always on track with that even if you miss one or two hours of sleep in your routine you can actually feel how drained your body looks even yeah. if you have like four five hours of good sleep if you miss it one or two hours it has a huge toll Mm-hmm. on your like you know the way you process the next day the way you will like you know work the next day and all of that yeah. food plays a huge role mm-hmm. you know um if people are having non vegetarian it's completely different i'm a non vegetarian eater as well but i'm saying that you know um uh, like recently i i read a study that people with a uh, non vegetarian eaters are tend to have more anxiety than vegetarian eaters because the animals are being like uh, killed when they have this fear of scared and all of that right so that has some chemi- chemical reactions in the meat that we eat and when we consume it it, it tends to hit us as well mm-hmm. so that was like i was like okay but still it's too hard for me to like let go of my meat that i need yeah but like at least to find the balance right if you're someone who consumes alcohol you need to find the balance like cut out like yeah, everything is about this fine balance that you have yeah. to find so apart from therapy i think it's extremely important for us to have this balanced lifestyle as well mm-hmm. to have like a proper um how do i say um proper outcome so just going to therapy and then coming back and doing all these nonsense doesn't help it still yeah, keeps yeah. happening and it still keeps happening and just taking pills for a short time mm-hmm. it can help you momentarily but you can't always live in pills again like you know just stressing on the point that depending on the illness but just like a general anxiety that you have yeah it's very important so these are things that we are like you know we over to ourselves you know yeah. our body is doing so much for us our mind is doing so much for us yeah. these are like yeah. basic controls that we need to have and it's extremely important body that we have yeah so th- that's why i was saying like you know when you have the luxury of you know the, star, the your therapist on the psycho, uh, uh, and, and on your website the kind of treatment that we were getting like you know that was offered was it was very disheartening but very upsetting to see and you know maybe like going forward when someone listens to this they know okay what is the help that they seek to because yeah. awareness plays a huge role in you know letting people know what what is missing and what is it that they need to do yeah absolutely yeah yeah so uh, thank you so much pooja for, for your time today it was very enlightening and i hope you know a lot of people can take away from this conversation because there's nothing like listening to someone who's experienced it and you know having created this platform it's an amazing job that you've done and i hope i like obviously i don't wish you get a lot of uh, clients on your platform but i wish you are able to help lots more people 
and obviously spread a lot of uh, happiness and joy with uh, all the sweets at uh, uh, your Adyar Anand Bhavan. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sahira, for this opportunity. Like I said, I'm, I was super excited when you said you want to do a podcast on mental health because uh, not many people still do it. And yeah. not many people do it on the right way too, because we mm. still like today, everyone calls themselves a mental health advocate or everyone speaks about mental health because it's a fancy term that's supposed to be used to build your credibility, unfortunately, again. Unfortunately. But uh, I'm really happy. Yeah, I'm really happy you were able to like, you know, take this up. And I'm so grateful that you thought of me uh, to like, you know, speak about my experience. Yeah, because, you, you know, so like I said, yeah, I wanted to come to someone who's experienced it and has channeled that into the right platforms. Thank you so much, Pooja. Thank you. Thank you so much. Don't forget to drop in your comments and suggestions on this podcast. There are so many more stories out there just waiting to be told. So make sure you have subscribed to Chat Me Up.